Hey everyone, it's Kat again, and welcome back to So Below, healing trauma with respect to our duality. I want to start by saying thank you for continuing on this journey with me, and I really hope that it's been as healing for you as it has been for me. And if you haven't got there yet, I promise that it works, if you put in the work. And that's what we discussed in the last couple episodes, was the bulk of the work that it takes to become a passive observer, which is someone who lives in the moment, not in the experience. They are a spiritual being having a human experience. Things happen around them, not to them. It's someone who fully understands their triggers and has firm boundaries because they love themselves enough to truly take the time to dig deep and learn who they are at their roots. And the first step is speaking our truth. Sometimes admitting the truth to ourselves is the hardest part. And then saying the words out loud is the next. But the more you speak the words, the more you take power from what happened to you. Words are powerful. There's a reason it's called spelling. And when you talk about it, you release that venom. It gets easier to talk about. And learning to speak your truth goes hand in hand with learning to listen to your intuition, speaking your truth on your terms, doing it the way that it matters to you, doing it the way that it feels right to you, listening to your voice over the other voices in your head. And we can learn to decipher our own voice through the naked eyes of introspection, which is what we do on our nurturative days. And again, that comes from the quote from Hermes, where he says, all that ascends from on high is generative, and all that issues from below is nurturative. So this is when the triggers come up. It's when they happen. It's not dealing with it later or putting it off until you can mentally handle it, because let's face it, there's never going to be a time when we're ready to mentally handle it. It's retraining our brains to filter our emotions before reacting to external stimuli and doing that in the kindest way possible to ourselves. And we did that with our four pillars of self-care. And that was self-compassion, self-awareness, self-accountability, and self-respect. We have to remember that self-care isn't all bubble baths and meditation, that there's a reason we use the word nurturing. When we talk about nurture, it's always nature versus nurture. That means the raising of something, cultivation, it's time, it's precious. It's not just a simple thing that you can do overnight. It's a genuine investment of time and emotional energy. But when you're investing in yourself, that's really the best investment you can make. And a way to help you remember that is a little tool I used with my son. When he was younger, he would be devastated anytime I had to punish him for anything. And he would start really taking it hard and start saying, oh, I'm the worst. I'm the worst kid in the world. And then he would just apologize for days. And I, I kept telling him, you don't have to apologize. It's okay. Kids make mistakes. We have to do it and move on. And finally, I had to talk to him and say, when I am punishing you, it's not that I'm mad at you now. I am speaking to, res- to you with respect to the man that you're turning into. And that was something that I used as a tool with my kids from then on out is I'm speaking to you with respect to the person you're turning into. I'm not getting mad at you or yelling at you to tell you you're a bad person because people do things. They fuck up sometimes and that's okay. It's what you do after that that matters. It's how you take care of it afterwards. And so it's doing things with respect to the person that you're becoming and the person you want to be in five years, the person you want to be in five months. It's putting yourself in a forward thinking mindset and doing things with respect to the person you're going to be. Okay, so now we're invested, right? We're in this. So we had a trigger come up. We had a bad day. 
We took the time, we did the work, we examined it, we cried it out, slept it off. We woke up and today we wake up feeling amazing, right? You wake up feeling lighter than you felt in years because suddenly you don't have the weight of something that you finally dealt with on top of you anymore. The sun is shining brighter. Your day looks exhilarating for the first time in a long time. So what does that mean? Does that mean you're done? Fuck no. It means there's more work to do. It means it's a generative day. And that's what we're going to talk about today is what we do on our generative days. So in order to demonstrate what we're trying to accomplish here, I want to use one of my favorite quotes. And it comes from an old Chinese proverb from the Kuyuda, which is the way of the bow. And it says, it is better to have a warrior in the garden than a gardener at war. And what I mean by that is I want us to be emotional warriors. But as we continue this process, we're going to start to weed out the people in our life that no longer serve our purpose. We're no longer going to be surrounded by assholes that treat us like shit, make us feel like garbage all the time. So you're not going to be needing to constantly regulate your emotions because you're not going to be triggered. You're not going to be around those things anymore. Eventually, you'll get to the point where you are living a peaceful life in your garden. And that's the goal. But you still want to be an emotional warrior that if something comes up, you know that you are in control of the situation because you are completely in control of your destiny. And that's the whole purpose of this is I want us to be emotional warriors so that we can protect our children. We can protect this next generation so that we can start projecting healing onto the rest of the world and starting a domino effect here. One person healing leads to another person healing, which leads to another. And that's what I'm hoping for is a community of healing. So in getting back to the work, the gifts that we receive from generative energy are inspiration, creativity, and imagination. And I want to use these gifts to start getting into concepts that are a little bit more abstract. But if you bear with me, I promise it'll all make sense in the end. On our generative days, it's the perfect time to embrace the chaotic and mischievous spirit of Loki. There's one thing in this world that's constant, and that's change. Everything is constantly changing around us. Everything is transitional. Transitions are healthy. And as soon as we've realized that people come into our lives like seasons, they're temporary. Everything in this life is transitional. It makes it easier to disregard the mythical need for closure and embrace the idea of adventure and get excited about the next step. If you want to move on from your past, get excited about your future. That's how our souls work. And in talking about how a soul works, this is where we get back into the abstract. And if you'll bear with me for a moment, I want to paint you a picture. Imagine yourself sitting in your safe space in nature outside, either on the top of a mountain, in the woods, in a grassy meadow, by a babbling brook, on a beach, wherever you feel safe. The sun is warm on your skin and there's a cool breeze. The sky is blue and the clouds are drifting across the sky big billowy white clouds. I want you to look closer at the clouds. Notice how the colors play from the brightest of whites to deep dark gray. These clouds aren't threatening, they're shade bringing, drifting beautifully across the sky. 
Understanding nature like we do, we know that these clouds have the potential to become forces of nature, destroying everything in their path. But they also have the potential to bring life-bringing water. Clouds are amazing and beautiful. And next time you're outside, take time to look at the clouds. This is what a soul looks like. This is what a soul feels like. They change colors like the sunset. They dance across the sky. They're ever-changing, ever-morphing, nuanced. Now I want to instill a sense of Sonder for a second, which is looking at your life and understanding that every single person has a life just as complex as yours going on. And when we do that and realize that each of us has our own billowy giant cloud inside of us, we have our own sky, it makes it easier to detach yourself from other people's emotions and say that their emotions and their tempests have nothing to do with me. And that pulls you back into yourself where you can again become that passive observer, that spiritual being having a human experience living in the moment not in the experience. Now at that point of view, today is a clear sky day. Your clouds are playful, your sky is blue, sun is warm, it's not too hot, not too cold. It's the perfect day to get shit done. So that's what we're going to do on our generative days, is we're going to use it to catapult ourselves forward. And with that, I want to give you a couple of exercises that you can do to start to Listen to your soul and listen to your intuition on the way that you actually feel about yourself. Um, on our nurturative days, we examine the things that we've done. We examine actions. We examine reactions. We examine our emotions and different things around us. We examine our triggers. On our good days, on our generative days, we get to examine ourselves on a different level. We get to examine ourselves at the, with the idea of potential in mind with that forward-thinking mentality. This is a good time to get our house in order. And what I mean by that is we start to take care of the things that are the most necessary around us. We clean up our spaces, recognizing that we deserve to live in an area that's clean. We deserve to live in an area that we feel proud of. We deserve to live in a space that makes us feel safe. And taking care of your home is one of those things that helps you feel safe. Um, so getting in and cleaning up your space, taking care of your home, knocking some things off your to-do list, that is one of those important things you can do. Now, a generative day might just mean that you got out of bed. It doesn't mean that you can get everything done that day. Don't feel like you have to accomplish everything on every single generative day. Listen to your intuition. If all you can clean is a corner of your room, clean the corner of your room. If all you can do is maybe take a walk around the block, take a walk around the block, do the one thing that you can accomplish in that day and allow yourself to celebrate the fact that you moved forward because progression is progression. Allow yourself to celebrate the little things. We grieve things for so long, but we only allow ourselves to celebrate things for a tiny period and it's important that we celebrate the little victories along the way. So if all you did on your generative day was get up and clean a corner of your room, be proud of yourself for cleaning that corner. And then the next time you have a generative day, clean the whole room. 
It's okay to adjust your expectations for yourself. The world expects this insane level of performance from us at all times. We have to be fit and mentally healthy and good parents and be productive members of society that have jobs and pay our rent and have a good fucking credit score. We have to have a career by 25 and a house by 30 and we have to have our life figured out and a retirement plan so we can graduate at 65 with a fat bank account. But who actually has that life? And even if they do, what guarantee is there that they're going to keep it? I mean, my parents had that life. They had a stable job. They had a a good business going. They had their own home with a big yard. They had nine children that were happy and healthy and, you know, mostly uninjured. We were pretty wild. We got injured a lot. But they had, you know, they had the life. And then right after my daughter was born... My dad lost his job. They lost everything. They lost their business. They moved out of state twice. They had to pick up and restart over with seven kids still living at home. And they, they did. They figured it out. They went through hell. But at the end of it, my mom, she, my parents raised nine children. And then my mom went back to school and got her bachelor's degree and became a teacher. And this last year, she just got her master's degree. And my dad became a vital member of his community who facilitated a community cleanup program that cleaned over a million pounds of garbage out of their community, which is just absolutely amazing. And I could not be more proud of my parents and it could not be a stronger testament that there is no timeline on anything that we're supposed to be doing. There's no timeline on healing. There's no timeline on life. And remembering that helps us remove the weight of other people's expectations because that is what is weighing us down in this world is what other people think of us or what we feel other people are thinking about us. And so as soon as we start to adjust our expectations about what we actually can accomplish and celebrating being able to accomplish things, even when you're only accomplishing a little bit, it makes it easier to listen to your intuition, and realize what it is that you need to do. So in getting back to getting our house in order, how do you decide what to accomplish that day? And I read a book that was actually really helpful in this for me. It was by Sarah Knight, and it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. And I read it right after my divorce, and it really helped me to put things into perspective because the basic premise of the book is that every single day we have a finite number of fucks to give. And so we have to make a fuck budget and we have to allocate our fucks accordingly and decide what is worth our energy and what is worth our attention. I mean, right now I'm sitting in a house that's not perfectly clean because my kids didn't finish their chores before they went to their dad's house. And that's okay. I didn't feel like cleaning it up, so I'm going to leave it. It's not worth my energy to be bothered by it. If I really want to clean it, I can clean it up, but it's not going to be something that bothers me. And there's this weight of perfection that we have on us all the time, that we're always supposed to be achieving perfection. And I grew up Mormon, so there was this insane standard of perfection that we always had to live up to. And then being in emotionally abusive relationships, it would be very, very hard for me to not have things be perfect. And so on my generative days, when I did have a lot of energy, I would put a lot of energy and attention into getting everything possibly 
um, that I possibly could done as perfectly as possible. And the reason I would do that was a, to avoid fights and to avoid whatever reaction from any other person I was with at the time. Um, and another one was because I felt like I wasn't enough if I wasn't accomplishing the things on my to-do list, but that's not true. I am enough whether I get the things on my to-do list done or not. So that's where this book really comes in handy. When you can actually put down your to-do list and and decide what is it that I can just decide, I don't give a fuck if that's done today or not. And that helps knock a lot of things off your list because if you can take away the expectations of needing to be enough and you can just realize that you alone, exactly as you are, you are enough. You don't need to be any sort of anything other than you. And if you are enough, listen to your intuition. And what do you actually give a fuck about? So I want you to take some time, pay attention, make a fuck budget, and allocate your fucks accordingly. But the reason it is so important to get our house in order is because generative energy creates more generative energy. And the goal is to have more generative days than nurturative days. And when you get your, you know, your space in order, like if you're an artist and you get your easel all set up and your paintbrushes all set up and clean and fresh new paints, it makes you want to go in there and paint, right? When you have the supplies, when you have the stuff, when you have created a space for you to do the things that bring you life, the creative things, the inspired things, when you have the space ready to do that the inspiration comes. So that's why that's the first step in inviting this generative energy into your life. And the next step is starting to realize your potential and realize what you actually see in yourself. And so I'm going to give you an exercise and it's something I call cognitive daydreaming. I do this frequently and it is one of my favorite tools for building my self-esteem and for building my inspiration and for giving me the tools that I need to get through my hard days. Um, What you need to do is find a trail, someplace that you can walk uninterrupted. You don't want street lights. You don't want a whole lot of turns. You want just a solid trail so you can just kind of let your brain go into autopilot. Then you want to find a nice steady beat of music Put, it, put some headphones in, put a nice steady beat in your ear, something that's going to give you a steady flow to your walking. And it's, you want it to be upbeat, a little bit faster pace, probably, um, just because that's going to help build your endorphins and it's going to help raise your serotonin and your dopamine and all of the good things are going to start flowing in your body. So once you start moving and you start walking down this trail and you've got your headphones in your ear, I want you to start daydreaming. Just start thinking about whatever feels good and lean into the daydream. Let loose with it. Let it go. Let your wildest dreams play out in front of you and don't feel embarrassed about it. Just let it happen because what you're doing is you're allowing all that introspection that you did on your nurturative day, you're allowing it to reveal your reflection back to you. After looking into yourself, this is what your subconscious sees in you. This good stuff, this is what you really see. And that's after your introspection, after you've done the work and after you keep doing the work, 
while you're looking at yourself, when you have your generative days and you go out and you do your cognitive daydreaming, something I suggest you do at least once in a while, you know, something you should have as a a tool in your arsenal. So if you're having, you know, a, a slew of nurturative days and you finally get a generative day, go out there and do your daydreaming. Go out there and tap into who you really think that you are. And I promise you, you're going to reveal something to yourself that you didn't know you had within you. You're going to see things about yourself that you had no idea even existed in your brain, but there it is. It reveals yourself to you. After doing the work and after looking at your deepest, darkest places, this is what your brain says, hey, this is where we can go. So I want you to try it. Find yourself a nice trail. Get out there, get walking, and do some cognitive daydreaming. And allow yourself the opportunity to bask in your own glory. You're a badass. You are more than enough. And you are incredible. The healed version of yourself is exactly what this world needs. You are a superhero. So tap into your own divine powers. Find who you are and learn to love the amazing, wonderful awesomeness that is the survivor that you are.